Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Be active and stay active, even if it's just simply going for a walk or a swim. Uh, but the old phrase, like I said, use it or lose it is very true to the human body. So if you use it, generally, you're doing, being very healthy. If you lose it, obviously, you're not going to be very healthy. So be active. Hey, what's going on, Rudder Nation? This is Jerry from Beyond the Rut, and you're listening to another episode of Beyond the Rut. It's a podcast about encouraging you and helping you with practical advice to pull you out of your rut into a life worth living. Now, in this episode, we're going to have a conversation with chiropractor Dr. Michael Hartle, and we're going to specifically talk about how do you create a fitness habit in about three to four weeks. So we're going to talk a little bit about goal setting. What is it you need to do to get that goal accomplished? And then how do you build the habits that'll get you there? So sit back, relax, grab a notebook and a pen, maybe a cold beverage because it's getting warmer by the time you hear this episode. Here we go. All right. Hey, Dr. Hartle, how are you doing over there? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. How are you? Awesome. Doing great. Doing great. Uh, now, you know, I met you through a platform called Podmatch, and uh, one of the things I really loved about your background is that uh, you, you help everybody that you come across in the area of health and fitness, strength mm -hmm. training. You uh, have a doctor a degree in chiropractic, and uh, if I understood correctly, you got bored one day and you decided you're also going to go and pursue a PhD. Is that <laughs> – did I hear that correctly? Well, I wouldn't say necessarily bored because I do <laughs> very much enjoy what I do on a daily basis as far as helping patients and people getting stronger and healthier. But uh, I've always had an interest in exercise science. And so uh, it was at the early 2021, I went and called Ball State University, which is about an hour and a half south of me, big uh, exercise science. And they wanted me to be on campus two, three days a week. And I couldn't do that and practice at the same time. Oh, wow. So then I did look for some online classes, uh, universities. And there's a Concordia University of Chicago, which is uh, a Division three school. They have you know students who are on campus all the time. But they also have an online PhD program. And it's, it's pretty reputable. And so I looked into it. So I started doing it last year. So it's uh, pretty exciting. Nice. How much time do you have left until, you know, I guess, your doctor, doctor? Michael Hartle. Yes. Very good. That's good. Um, about two and a half years. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Based you, on you, how yeah. the dissertation goes. So. Yeah. There's always that part, right? It's like you got mm -hmm. all the coursework done, but you got to add to the body of knowledge before they uh, give you that degree. Exactly. Awesome. And I love bringing that up because I'm a big fan of lifelong learning. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I even catch myself, you know, I've got a master's degree and I, my wife always encourages me like to go after a PhD, um, mm -hmm. which I would. If I wanted to, <laughs> so, uh, there you go. Yeah, but you know, same thing. The day might come where I'm like, you know, what? I really wanted to study something on a deeper level and add to the body of knowledge. I've got yeah, some research I want to work on, whatever it is. Um, in, in that point in my life, then I definitely will. Uh, however, it doesn't stop me from learning that. You know, picking up books, reading, talking to folks like yourself, and and right. so that's really my word of encouragement to those listening in right now. You can still learn whether it's going back to school or not. Just keep learning. Just keep growing. Just just keep being a better version of you every single day. And and so I, I love that you're living that by example. And hopefully your 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 kids who are I believe adults now are picking up on. Yeah, that. my youngest just turned twenty one about a month and a half ago or so. So you know he still lives with me right now. But he'll be moving out here next year. And so I'll have a 
I'll be an empty nester at that regard. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, one thing I always tell people that, you know, what's inside the head here is what I call the cerebral muscle. Even though it's not muscle tissue, it's like a muscle, and you need to exercise. So just like people know about physical activity and fitness is very healthy for the body, both the body and the mind, you also have to exercise between the ears, too. So yes. that's why, like, I see a lot of people who are older, they play that game uh, Sudoku. Sudoku? Yeah. Sudoku. Yeah, play that a lot. It's it's definitely gets the mind going. It's something different. Uh, one person said, uh, "Take a different way home someday." Oh, don't yeah. do the same route because you just tend to go by automatic aspect and you see things like I didn't know it was there and things like that. So always exercise the mind. I mean, your synapses in your brain are always going to be there. But again, when you get older, you start to start to lose either use it or lose it. You start to lose some of that. So by enhancing it, um, and I was and I wasn't losing anything in my head from uh, being a doctor for twenty nine years. But it's one of those things where I just wanted to enhance it. And being that my youngest son is going to be moving on, I figured, hey, you know what? I'm going to go back to school and get this. So I'll be fifty eight when I get my PhD. So definitely one of the older students there. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. I'm older than most of my professors. So it's just, you know, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, most of, you know, there was one gentleman who was about 10 years older than me, but other than that, most are in their 40s. So it's kind of interesting with that. Yeah. Heard about you. Now, now folks would look at you and say, you know, this guy definitely played football. Um, <laughs> what they probably wouldn't realize is that you had a decade career playing semi-pro football um yes. and and so what was that like you know before we dive into like the actual content guys i just want to know <laughs> so what well, was that like so it's interesting so i competed in powerlifting for 20 years mm-hmm. from the age of 18 to my age of 38 and uh, i was on a national level so i did quite well with that um in 2005 i had my last powerlifting competition in 2006 i'm kind of like okay i don't want to powerlift anymore i've done what i wanted to do there and then I had one of my patients was a player on a semi-pro team uh, just about an hour away from Fort Wayne. And so I kind of looked into it. And so I looked into a team, and one of the guys that I used to coach with at junior high uh, school um, was playing for a team. So he called me, and I said, we got going on that. So we went out and started playing for a team called Lima Warriors in Lima, Ohio, which is mm-hmm. about a 75 miles from here. So we drove there twice a week for practice and games and all and everything. Um, and then the next year I played for a team called Adams County Patriots, which is about a half hour south of here. And that's the team we did really well. Uh, it was interesting because I was 38 years old when I started playing semi-pro football. People were like, dude, you should like retire. You're, you know, you're, you're an old man. I said, no, I'm not. So, but my tendons is interesting because my joints and my tendons were very strong from all the heavy lifting I did for years. Cause obviously that enhances that aspect. So I've never had a knee injury. Uh, I had a bad ankle sprain in 2009, but I came back from that a couple weeks later and played again. So other than that, I've been a very healthy person. Uh, and I said at 48, I decided to retire from that. It was interesting because I'm, again, I'm older than most of the referees. <laughs> I have a hard time bending down, picking the flag off the ground. You know, I said, yeah. well, I'm out here playing. So and it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed yeah. it. Um, I played defensive tackle, nose tackle. So a lot of guys would, I was one of the bigger guys in the field. So it was one of those things where I was double teamed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, you know, my job was to either not lose ground or get through the double team. Um, so I, I always joke when I teach, uh, I teach barbell certification for an organization called strong person. I tell them, you know, the bench press is helpful for that because I would have 600 pounds of man meat coming at me. <laughs> Two three hundred pound guys trying to stop me, and they always would laugh at that. So, <laughs> my friends at Lama Lounge are going to hear that and like, man, me, I can't get that word out of my head. I'm afraid. That's right. right. <laughs> Six hundred pounds, man. So, Joe Scott, you're welcome. 
<laughs> awesome. Now, I played one season of semi-pro baseball uh, after I got cut from my college team because, you know, I wasn't oh. good. Uh, <laughs> I guess that happens. Um uh, uh, but it is important right. to stay active, right? It, it, you're talking about mind and body being very important, and that, that's that's huge. And um, so that kind of you know it's a great segue into what you do for a living with like Strong First and and just your your practice of I think you said 29 years mm-hmm. is you help people live. Not you know as a chiropractor, I don't think you just like pop backs into place, which is what no. we think about. Uh, every chiropractor I know who's a friend of mine, uh, mine, mine not mind, uh, <laughs> and yourself, uh, you seem very interested in helping the whole person. So it's their, their nutrition, it's their, their, their stress levels, it's their, their back as well. Uh, but you're looking at that whole body. Uh, and why is that an important approach to take? Well, because, you know, unfortunately, you know, the, the and, and med- medical doctors have a place in, in the health professions, just like chiropractors, like massage therapists, like acupuncturists, um, the thing is, is that we need to be able to help the individual in a, in a whole spectrum. And so when someone comes in with an elbow problem, I always tell them, well, I'm not just going to look at your elbow. I'm going to look at your wrist, your fingers, your shoulder, your neck, even your lower back, because all those things can be affecting how the elbow functions or a knee issue. Same thing there, too. Um, so I, t- you know, I take care of all 206 bones in the body. Um, I can take care of all that, all the 640 muscles and the 100 billion nerve cells we have, you know, we get in our body. So we can help with all that. Now, the only things I can't do, you know, I don't do stitches. I don't do broken bones. I don't do surgery. Uh, I don't prescribe medication. Those are the things I don't do. And if I find someone that needs a multidisciplinary approach, I go ahead and refer them out uh, and get a second opinion. I got a orthopedic group in town that we have a good relationship with. So if I want a second opinion on it, you know, it's like, hey, I think I can help this person, but... Could you take a look at them? And they go look at them and say, yeah, you do it, whatever else. Or we're going to recommend surgery. Then I take care of them afterwards. So, you know, it, it's a win-win situation for everyone. And not only that, the main person is the patient. Yeah. So you've got like the system of like professionals, it sounds like. Like you've got your practice, a network of other folks you can go to. And it makes sense because you're, you're also treating a system with each of the patients you have. You know, their, right. their body is um, a wonderland. No, it's a system. That's what I was trying to say. There you go. <laughs> the squirrel moments, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah. No, I understand. Totally understand. Well, the other thing, too, is interesting because uh, when I talk with someone and I say, I have one patient, I said, I want you to look into some apps to learn how to meditate. Why meditate? I said, you need to calm your body down. Mm-hmm. This person was, you know, there's uh, two parts to our nervous system. The autonomic nervous system has two parts, sympathetic and parasympathetic. And the sympathetic is your fight or flight. Uh, parasympathetic is your sleeping, your, your, your calm time. And I said, your sympathetic system is on fire. It is, you're going 24 seven. And I said, you need to be able to calm down. I mean, you can work hard, but you also got to learn to play and relax hard. And someone says, how do you relax hard? I said, relax. That's all you need to do. But some people have no idea how to do that. They got to constantly keep moving around. Yeah. Those are people who eventually their engines are going to wear out, so to speak. So, did my wife put you up to this? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, She called me a couple hours ago. Um, I knew it. I got to go to wake her up. (laughs) No, but, you know, just I told told this person to meditate. I don't give that that, uh, suggestion very often, but this person needed to calm themselves down. Even if you just do five minutes a day, five minutes is better than zero. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm I'm in the, like, we're recording right now in what I call my three month sabbatical or hiatus before I, I hit the ground running again and start earning income for the family. Uh, and my wife's the one who's having to remind me, Jerry, it's three months of rest. What are you doing? I'm like, well, I want to write a book. <laughs> and she's like, all right, cool. We'll write your book. And then the next day, Jerry, 
three months of rest and writing a book. What, what are you doing? I'm like, I want to start an LLC. And, and so it's like, <laughs> she pulled me aside about a week ago. And she's like, Jerry, I don't think you understand rest. Like, <laughs> rest, sit on that couch, turn on the TV and just veg all day. That's your homework. I'm like, but I want to go for a walk. <laughs> she's like, then go for a walk. <laughs> just stop working. And I'm like, okay, I'll try. I'll yep. try. Yep. Um, and, and that is so important. You know, the, you know, from a biblical perspective, six days and a rest. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if we, if we're, what happens to us if we just work nonstop? Well, basically, you wear your engine out. I mean, it's just like if you, uh, well, if you drive your car until the gas runs out, you can't go any farther. You got to put more gas into it. And gases, you can say, we're glued that to as far as food and sleep and water and everything else we put in our bodies. You need that time to, to chill out. You need time to work. Like I said, work hard, and you got the time to rest hard. Uh, and you need both of them. Yeah. I think I've, I, you know, my, at my young age of 55, I think I found the ability to do that. Um, earlier on, probably not, but now I'm actually learning how to do that. So there's times to do both. Yeah. Yeah. I'm at 46 and it, it's something I preach about and I'm admitting everybody. It's, it's the thing I struggle with probably the most. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Awesome. And, um, uh, you know, one of the things that you had mentioned to me was a phrase, you know, because chances are when people are listening to this right now, uh, maybe they started off with some goals for fitness for the new year. Uh, maybe they are trying to pursue a dream, but they just feel tired all the time or they're burned out uh, or they're burning out. And one of the phrases you, you use was getting back to the fundamentals and regroove. And I assume that was more of like a fitness regimen type of phrase that you use. Uh, but tell us more about that. Like, what does it mean to get back to fundamentals and to regroove, especially that word regroove? Well, the reason I'm going to talk about fundamentals for a second there. Yeah. When I used to coach junior high football, and we had a really good team. We were undefeated for four years straight. But when you had a situation, say the kids weren't tackling very well. Now, granted, we're talking seventh, eighth grade kids, but these are starting to become young men. Um, Next practice, we go back to tackling. We go back to blocking. All the fundamentals that makes up the game of football. Um, because these kids were not, you know, the shoulder hit or whatever, and also the guy bounces off and goes for 20 more yards. So go back to fundamentals. And the same thing with our brains and our bodies. We need to go back to fundamentals. So when we were babies, you know, we were born. All we did was eat, poop, and sleep. And then after that, we learned how to roll and walk and all that stuff. I tell people, go back to doing some walking. Just go outside and get some exercise walking. Um, and I like to use the phrase exercise walking, not just walking. I mean, walking is, you know, you smell the flowers, you look at that guy's door, you look at that guy's cat, and all that kind of stuff. What Exercise walking is where you get your heart rate up, you get your respiration rate, your blood pressure gets elevated. You need to be able to do that to keep using the arteries and veins in our body, um, and that's important. And it doesn't cost anything other than a pair of shoes and maybe a winter jacket if you're walking outside in the winter. It's very inexpensive mm-hmm. to do that. Um, and that. Now, that's aerobic training. If you want to go to anaerobic training or lifting, there's other ways to do that as well, too. Join a gym, uh, hire a fitness trainer. Um you know, that's one of the reasons why I teach for a strong person. I teach kettlebell and barbell part that we go and teach people who want to come to the search and learn how to do these lifts, better technique, better form, and also learn how to become strong at the same time. But again, we go back to the fundamentals. So if you have something that you're not doing right, go back to the fundamentals, you know, grease to groove kind of thing. Yeah. And I would even think like in somebody's career or somebody's business or their family life, there are fundamental blocks as well. You know, if you want strong relationships, 
conversations, <laughs> you know, like right. uh, if you want, uh, I don't know, better productivity at work. Yeah, yeah, maybe look at when you're actually showing up and when you're leaving, uh, those kinds of things. So, yeah, there are fundamental blocks in almost anything in the area of our lives. And, and I know beyond the rut, we talk about faith, family, fitness, which is where we are right mm-hmm. now, finances and just outlook on future possibility, which we we're talking about where, you know, Dr. Hartle's looking to become Dr. Dr. Hartle. <laughs> going after a PhD. Uh, right. So, yeah, you got to know what those fundamentals are. What are those basic blocks that are helping you succeed or will help you succeed where you are? Uh, and then regroove. Uh, what What do you mean by, when you say regroove? Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Show to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash CapShow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now... Back to the show. So when you, for example, think of a record on a record player. It has grooves that you put the needle in. Yeah. If you get dirt on it, it doesn't go deep enough. So you have to regroove that. Um, basically, again, it basically is parallel with learning the fundamentals or go back to the fundamentals again. That regroove, you got to basically run through the patterns again. Um, so, for example, uh, with getting my PhD, uh, there's a time management issue. You know, both because I'm a full-time doctor during the daytime, I'm doing this. So, you know, for example, my, my basic week is Mondays, I generally don't do a lot of homework. Tuesdays, I start doing some reading. Wednesday, I crank on it hard. Thursday, uh, a little bit. Friday, a little bit. Saturday, a lot. And then Sunday, I turn stuff in. So it's I have kind of a set pattern through the week. Now, if I'm out of town, like next week, I'm going to be in San Diego teaching uh, for Strong First. So that kind of upsets that groove a little bit. So I need to then make my you know, ask, change my time management with that. So again, uh, my time management skills have improved greatly since deciding to get the PhD because it's forced me to do that. Um, but like I told my staff at the office, I said, you know, when I'm here, I'm still a doctor of chiropractic. I'm still treating the patients. And so I'm not going to be doing my PhD stuff. That's after hours. Um, so there's many nights I'm up to midnight, you know, working on homework or doing things like that to, to enhance that. And then of course, working for strong first, getting things set for that. Um, so there's different avenues with everything. So regrooving means to go back and, and hit the fundamentals again and make sure you can do it properly. And being focused on that task at hand, as opposed to, uh, letting the squirrels take over. Like I tend to do sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. Who am I kidding? Well, I have a friend who's a Navy SEAL, and he told me that they learned what they call front sight focus. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking down the barrel of a gun, you have that front sight of the gun, you're looking down, and you're only focused on what's in front of you in that respect. So that's why I tend to think about that as far as when I'm working on things, what's in front of me. Yeah. That's why I'm not a very good multitasker. I'm a very good a, a unitasker or monotasker, whatever term you want to use, but I can do that monotask very well. Yes. And then I move on to the next thing. I think that's a pretty fundamental thing, too. I, I I think those who claim that they're really good at multitasking are just switch tasking a lot faster than other people do. Yeah. Uh, but chances are they're still not giving their best performance if they were just to put focus time. Uh, it's like that's why the Pomodoro effect or effect Pomodoro method is so popular. Like mm-hmm. just give us 20 minutes focused effort and you're going to get results 
on that one task as opposed to trying to work five of them at the same time. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's more like last weekend we went to uh, went to Minnesota and Iowa for Thanksgiving, and we both saw my family and my girlfriend's family. And so we were in the car, and I said, I put these headphones on. And she said, "Why are you doing it?" I said, "I need to focus for twenty minutes on this homework assignment and not listen to anything else, and then just do that." Because she was, you know, just talking every so often. I said, "It's not anything about you, you know. It's just that I have to focus on this, and once I get twenty minutes done, boom, I can talk all you want." Yeah. Now, do you find like people have certain windows during the day that um, they they perform better or is that just more like in our head? Like, really, we could do whatever if we just set the time aside. Well, I think it's individual. I have a good friend of mine from uh, Italy and uh, he's one of our master strong first instructors. And and he gets up at four o'clock, four thirty in the morning to work out. And he, I said, why are you up so freaking early? I'm still sleeping at that point. And he says, well, because if I don't get my workout done in the morning, it will never happen because I'll say I plan for it at four o'clock in the afternoon. It doesn't happen because all of a sudden this happens, this happens, this happens in the morning. It's quiet. My wife and kid are asleep. I can get my stuff done. So that's that's a focus he does. Um, other, everyone's individual with that. Um, so, you know, it's been tough a little bit with the PhD program because I like to be a good student. Um, so far, I've gotten blessed to get all A's so far. But again, it's, it's tough. It's a lot of work. But there's times when, you know, there's one time I was up to 1.30 in the night working on homework. You know, and uh, but I, I used to I used to be a bouncer in college, um, so I, I don't have a problem get staying up that late. But still, you know, it is a focus aspect. Yeah, I love that you're able to tap into what was it like then. <laughs> okay, I can yeah. do this. I got this. <laughs> Back in my early twenties, that's right. So, and you made it a really. Uh, good mention of like when you're regrooving like a record or like the grooves of a record tend to have like dust that could collect in that. And I guess that's why we would blow on the on the record before we'd play it back in the day, guys. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I guess, yeah, young folks are buying records now, LPs, finals. That's pretty cool. It's making a comeback. Um, but I guess the point I really wanted to make was that like we can get like dust and gunk into those grooves. And if you want that record to play really well, you kind of got to find a way to get the gunk out. So uh, the metaphor I'm coming with or landing on is, you know, in the same way you're, you're looking at how do I focus on the fundamentals and block this time for this activity or block time for that activity, block time for family. Uh, it's also a time to kind of look at, and this is what I'm getting from you, is, is it's also a good time to look at what do I need to cut out or put on pause or, fo- you know, not do. Right. Yeah. I like that. I mean, to say no is an important uh, uh, attribute to have. Yeah, and that's hard for us people pleasers. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Seriously, did my wife put you up to this conversation? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this is this is really good. Uh, now, another thing we uh, – a couple of other things, you know, when it comes to building a new habit. You know, so we're talking about getting back to fundamentals. We're talking about regrooving. So that's focusing on the tasks at hand, getting the things that we don't need out of the way. Um, how do we turn the things we want to do into that habit uh, or habits? And uh, how do we know we're on the right track? Well, one of the things I learned many years ago is that when you want to create a new subconscious aspect, you know, before you do that, it's, it's a subconscious. Let's say you're doing something wrong. Just use that. And then you become conscious that you're doing it wrong and someone tells you that. And then you become conscious and you're doing it right. And then you do it enough, it becomes subconscious and now you're doing it right. So that's more of a habit. Um, the other thing to you, you know, when someone wants to create a new habit, let's say they want to do something different in the mornings, they have to be conscious of creating that aspect. So maybe putting a post-it note up, uh, putting a piece of paper over here or putting it out in the kitchen counter in the morning time 
time. So you see it first thing when you walk in. These are things you have to be, but you have to have attention to detail and you need to have some uh, conscious aspect. If you don't, then you're just not going to get it done. Um, yeah. One thing I do is, and it's not really a very uh, technologically advanced uh, method, is I have my left hand here, and I have an M there. So I had to call one of my staff members earlier today, and I wrote her first initial on my hand, so I <laughs> see it with my eyes. And so I'll be washing it off later. But again, it's, that's my little notepad right there between my index finger and my it's thumb the, there. The OG um, Palm Pilot right there. That's right. That's right. <laughs> very good. That's right. right? You remember Palm Pilots. That's I do. Right. Now um, I've got listeners who are like, what? <laughs> yeah. I hate you guys. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> what, the iPhone wasn't around back then? No, no guys. Um, but yeah, so you, when you create a habit, you need to be conscious of doing it. And then it usually say, it saves, what, 21 days, maybe a month or so uh, to keep practicing before it becomes now subconscious where now you can just do it without even thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And how, how much of a value is it to write this down and to track it on a daily basis until you don't have to anymore? Oh, it's very valuable. Yeah. Uh, that's why, like, for example, bathroom mirrors are great because we tend to stand in front of our bathroom mirror every day. You want to put a post note up there, you know, maybe it's okay, I can do this, write that. And you got to make sure that squirrel, whoop, that squirrel uh, just went by that doesn't go by. And if you can bring yourself back from that squirrel and look at that note again, you know, uh, put a note in your car, put a note anywhere else. When 3AM came out with the post notes, it was a, a godsend for a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, we're talking mirrors. I mean, dry race markers also. I used to leave notes for my kids that's, yeah, that's right. in their bathroom. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. In fact, my daughter I had, had post-it notes for them. So. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it is important to have a written goal. I think there's a lot of studies out there that show that if your goal is written down and it's clear and you see it on a regular basis, like, say, on a post-it on your mirror or on the fridge, it, it prompts you and reminds you, oh, yeah, I'm going for this. This is why I'm going for it. And this is what I need to do right now to achieve it. Uh, and then if there's some way to track that you're doing it, you're, you're kind of measuring progress in that sense. You can look back and say, you know what? Out of the last 21 days, I nailed this for 20 of them. I feel great. Mm -hmm. I, I'm doing better. Um, I've, you know, whatever it is, I'm stronger, I'm faster, I'm thinner, I'm handsomer. I don't know, something. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the phrases I use a lot when I teach uh, strong first, and they use the patience too, is plan the work, work the plan. Love that. You have to plan the work first and then work the plan. So we're, when I came up with that, we originally were talking about programming. So let's say you design a 12-week a uh, fitness program, you know, uh, plan the work. you got to plan it out first and make sure all the pieces, okay, I can do that. And then you need to work it because obviously if you don't work it, you don't know if it works or not. Um, but again, same thing in your academic life, your as far as relationship life, financial life, you need to plan the work, work the plan. You know, and so when you do that, you tend to be more successful. So when I get, get into creating habits, plan the work. Okay, I'm going to write it down a note here. I'm going to put a note over here. You know, so plan the work. Now work the plan. You've got to do it. Mm -hmm. And the more you do it, that's one of the reasons when my kids were in grade school, they had spelling every week. And so I told my boys, I said, when you come home, before you do anything, do your homework. But the other thing I want you to do is I'm going to give you some extra homework. I want you to write each word three times on a piece of paper. Well, Dad, why can't I type it? No, you need to write it. I said, because creating that motor pattern through the brain actually teaches the brain better. I said, by the time Friday comes around, you'll know those words so well that you'll get, you know, I'll get A's in spelling. And they did. Yeah. And not that they were trying to get them an A, that A's are all super important, but the fact of them writing it three times every day. Yeah. Dad's going to take a lot of pencil, a lot of paper. Son, I'm sure we'll be fine. We can use toilet paper if we need to. Oh, right. Dad, that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how many business plans have been written on napkins, right? Uh, and, you exactly. Know, and it makes sense, that kinesthetic learning, though, because when you look at the National Spelling Bee, how many of those kids, when they're at the microphone, 
they're writing with a finger on the palm of their hand to to physically remember and also visually remember. They're they're using uh, multimodal uh, ways to learn and remember. So they're they're using recall through that physical memory and the visualization. So that yeah, Dr. Hartle's on the, on the on the mark there. Um, let's see here now. The phrase the dad bod, you know, exists because, mm. you know, we're faced with life. You know, we go to work, we run a business, uh, and then we have a family. And one of the things that starts to go by the wayside is spending time on ourselves to get exercise, mm. to eat well. Um, how, how do we find that balance to having a family? So having uh, a partner, raising kids, and staying fit. Like, what, what would you recommend to folks on how to, to balance that out? Well, and that's what I mentioned earlier about my friend Fabio from Italy, that um, he get, finds the time to work out, and he found at 4 o'clock in the morning, he has no problem getting up at that time to do that. Um, you know, everyone has different. So I used to train when I was in powerlifting at 9 a.m. on Tuesday and Thursday mornings. I'd have patients in. So that's when I went in, trained, went home, showered, came back, and saw patients after that. Um, but, you know, dad bod's not my phrase. It's someone I saw it on Instagram, you know, so I thought it was quite kind of interesting about that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously, as we tend to get older, uh, we don't get as much exercise. We're in high school, college, you got a lot of exercise, but then you stayed in shape. Um, we tend to maintain our eating habits even after our exercise habits went down. So that's why we're trying to gain weight with that. So we needed to go back and reverse that. And that's why I mentioned earlier about just going outside, go for a walk. Yeah. Um, you can go outside and go for a walk with your wife or significant other, hold their hand, whatever. But then, okay, I'm, now I'm going to turn around, I'm going to drop you off at home, I'm going to go back for an exercise walk. Or you can join me with that. But again, you do need to get out there, uh, get your you know heart rate up, your respiration rate out. Once you're breathing hard and bleeding hard, it's good exercise. And that's just a simple thing. You can do things like uh, kettlebells, one of the things we teach them strong first. You can do, uh, if you like running, uh, run. Uh, if you want to do you know climbing stairs, climb stairs. You know, Get some exercise out there to get your bodies good. Because one of the things I find is that people who are in their 80s, and who are not nursing homes, who still live at their own house, are there because they usually exercise their entire life or did for the last 20, 30 years prior to becoming 80 years of age. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's one of the reasons why, for example, and a, and a little segue here, you see like NFL players who, when they say offensive linemen, they weigh 320 pounds when they're playing, but all of a sudden, two, you know, five years after they retire, they're down to 250 because they recognize there's not too many 70 year old, 320 pound men alive. Right, <laughs> you know, there's, there's... so uh, yeah, most have strokes or heart attacks at that point because it's just their body's working so hard, so they tend to lose weight. Uh, when I competed in, in powerlifting in football, uh, my heaviest I got was about two ninety, and so about a couple years ago, I decided to lose about thirty pounds. I'm down in a very skinny two sixty right now, uh, but I'm happier. My heart rate's better. My I'm walking better. Everything's doing much better with that. Not that I wasn't really out of shape back then, but it was I'm much healthier now. I'm not powered up to him, not playing football, so I don't need to be that size anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they found that uh, their groove in a sense, right? It's like just the ideal yeah. height, weight, uh, mobility. Um, my wife has a grandmother. She's in her 90s now, but uh, all through her 80s, she did uh, folklorical dancing and yeah. was, I think, Texas's first um, – Miss Senior Pageant winner, something like that. I mean, she founded the organization and just happened to win it the first time around. And uh, but you know, she ran that for years and she would compete, right. she would perform, and, and it was just like, wow, you know, she stayed active, and that's a good mm -hmm. example to follow. Uh, now, if folks are listening to this and they're like, man, this guy's awesome, I want to learn more. <laughs> I live in the area where he does. I want him to be my uh, chiropractor. How can people get a hold of you? 
Well, we have a website, and it's chiropower.com, so C-H-I-R-O power.com. That's a website for us. Um, you can also email me at uh, pwrdoc67 at gmail.com. Um, just mention you heard me on the podcast, so I recognize who you're calling me about. Um, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, I'm on LinkedIn, a lot of different places. Awesome. And before we go, any final words of wisdom for those listening in? Be active. Be active and stay active. Even if it's just simply going for a walk or a swim. Uh, but the old phrase, like I said, use it or lose it is very true to the human body. So if you use it, generally you do it being very healthy. If you lose it, obviously you're not going to be very healthy. So be active. Fantastic. And Doctor? Both in the mind and the body. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, that interconnection of mind and body. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was great to have you on here. I want to stay in touch because I wanted to be able to call you Dr. Dr. Hartle. So. <laughs> <laughs> you probably one of the first ones to do that. So That's I'd my plan. <laughs> Put it on my bucket list right now. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you. Now, I hope you got a lot out of this conversation like I did. I was taking notes the whole time I was interviewing Michael. I don't know if you could tell or not, but I was. And... You know, if you want more information, you can find out more about Dr. Hartle at my show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 356. You'll find links to his website, some of the resources we mentioned, and also other episodes of Beyond the Rut that relate to health and fitness, as well as goal setting and habit forming. Now, if you want to create your goals for a better future, I invite you to download my free tool, Measure It to Make It. It, It's a guide that will help you identify what's most important in your life. Take a look at your faith, your family, your fitness, your finances, and your future possibilities, and then set some goals to help get you there. And you can get that by going to beyondtherut.com slash goals. If you forgot that already and you just remember the show notes, episode 356, 356, uh, then that's at beyondtherut.com slash 356. I'll make sure the link for Measure to Make It is included there as well. Now, I'm glad you joined me for this episode, and I look forward to joining with you again on the next one. But until next time, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.